This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org. ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله صلوات الله وسلامه عليه تسليما كثيرا يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون يا أيها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحدة وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجال كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والأرحام إن الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما اما بعد فان خير الكلام كلام الله وخير الهدى هدى رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الأمور محدثاتها وكل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار We come to the next hadith concerning the book الدعوة والدعاء The Callers and the Call or the Call and the Callers And today's hadith is connected to the hadith from last week about how when things get topsy-turvy and things become turbulent and they become unstable within the, the ummah in terms of lack of competency, lack of being on top of the job. The Shaykh Rahmatullahi Ta'ala Alayhi brought the hadith that the ummah has to give advice so that we can be the voice of reason in each other's ears when one of us forgets his duties one of us needs some kind of a support. Then he's going to have his brothers from the Muslims who are going to give him nasiha. The Prophet said, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The whole religion of Islam is giving nasiha. And we explain giving nasiha to Allah and his messenger. And the way you give nasiha to Allah is that you have to have ikhlas. You have to be sincere. Because the word nasiha actually means purity. To be embellished. To be far away from any like dirt. That's the meaning linguistically of Masiha, to be something that is pure. So the Prophet says, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the deen is given Nasiha, being pure to Allah in his book. Being pure to Allah, having ikhlas to Allah, worship him and him alone, reading his book and so forth and so on. Today's hadith is similar to that hadith. It's a continuation. And that is that the Prophet told his companions, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he told us, Inna min ibadillahi ibadan laysu bi anbiya, yakhbatuhum al anbiya wa shuhada, faqila, manhum ya Rasulullah, la'allahum nuhibbuhum. Prophet Muhammad told the mankind, Bani Adam, the ins and the jinn, all of them, those who are here and those who are not here. He said, verily, Allah has some servants. It may be anybody out here. You can be that individual. You can't sit there and listen to me and say, no way in the world I could be him. Has to be my sheikh. Has to be my teacher. Has to be someone who lived in the past. It can be you. It can be you right now. And it may not be you right now, but you can strive to develop it. There's nothing that says you're capped at where you are right now in terms of your being religious. The hadith said, verily from the servants of Allah are some servants that he has. They are not prophets and they're not messengers. They're not prophets. They didn't reach that high level. But the prophets are jealous of them. The prophets have ghibta toward them. 
When the companions heard that, they thought that that was really weird because they know in the deen of Islam, in the aqidah of Islam, the highest human being is the Prophet or the Messenger. Salawatullahi wassalamu alayhim ajma'in. They have special qualities, khasa'is, things that they do and things that they don't do. Things that they do that nobody else can do and things that they don't do that other people do. They have special qualities. The prophets and the messengers. Some of them have special qualities that are peculiar to them and no one else shares with them in those things. Like Adam. He's the first Nebi. Adam. Allah created him with his own two hands. Adam. He lived in the Jannah. Adam is the father of all mankind. So he has some special qualities no one else has. You don't have any special quality that no one else has had. You have some qualities that I don't have. I have some that you don't have. But the ones that I don't have, the ones that you don't have, other people have them. With the prophets and the messengers, Maryam is a prophet, as Rasul, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He was born without a father. He was born without a father. He caused the dead to come to life and to speak by Allah's permission. He gave sight to the blind, gave the ability for the deaf to hear. Isa ibn Maryam is the only human being who was taken up to the sky all of these years, over a thousand years, and he's coming back. Those are special qualities. So the scholars of Islam, they wrote books about this and they called them Khasa'is al-Anbiya, the special qualities of the prophets and the messengers. Suleiman, Dawood, they have special qualities. Suleiman had power over the jinn. He made that dua of the Quran, Rabbi Habli Mulkin Layam Bagiri Ahadim Mbadi. Oh my Lord, give me a kingdom that nobody else will have after me. So what was the kingdom of Suleiman? The kingdom was he was in control of the wind. Suleiman can understand the language of the birds and the animals. Suleiman Salawatullahi wassalamuhu He was an individual who the jinn used to dive into the water and work for him and he used to go deep into the water. So the Prophet Sallallahu has special qualities as well, and his are more than anybody else. He's a Khadim, he's the Khatim of the NBA and the Rusul. He'll be the first one to go into Jannah Yom Qiyamah, the door open for him first. His community will be the majority of the people, Yom Al-Qiyamah. He said he was given five things that no other prophet was given before him. No one. And from those things, if he left to go and make jihad, he was made to be victorious by a month before he got there because the enemy knew he was coming with a group of people who loved death more than they loved not life. The spoils of war, after fighting, the Muslims can use the spoils of war that they get from the non-Muslims. Before that, it was impermissible. Every prophet and messenger was sent to his people specifically. The Nabi of Islam was sent, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, to all of mankind. So he has a lot of special qualities. A lot. Not just five. He has many special qualities. The maqam and mahmood. Asa an yaba'atuka rabbuka maqam and mahmood. Allah said in Quran. It may be that Allah is going to put you in that special place, Yom Al-Qiyamah, the maqam, that's mahmood, the praiseworthy place. So when we hear the adhan, we make the dua of the adhan, and we ask Allah to give him the maqam and mahmood. No one's going to be there with him. He has the kawthar, he has the hold. So many things. So the prophets and the messengers, ikhwani, they have special characteristics unto themselves. So when the Prophet says, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, to his companions, there are a group of people who, they are being, when the malaik, when the prophets and messengers look at these people, they're jealous of them. And the jealousy here is ghibta, ghain ba ta, and atamarbuta. Ghibta, that's different from hasid. We seek refuge from the hasid idha hasad. Envy and jealous. It's a big mushkila, major sin. Major sin. So ghibta and hasid, it means the same thing, but hasid is haram. Except in two things, but it's not hasid. Prophet Muhammad said, 
You can't be jealous of anybody except in two situations you can be jealous. Rajulun malin A man that Allah gave him money. He's rich, he's wealthy, he has money. And he spends it correctly. So you could be jealous of him. What is jealous of him? You say, oh, I wish I had what he'd had. I'll do the same thing that he did or even more. And the second man, he says, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Rajulun atahu Allahu al-hikmah Fahuwa yaqdi biha bayna nas wa yu'allimuha A man that Allah gave him wisdom, hikmah or knowledge. He deals with the people with his knowledge and his hikmah and he teaches people his knowledge and his hikmah. He teaches people knowledge. So a person says, if I had the Qur'an the way he had the Qur'an, if I had knowledge the way he had knowledge, if I could give da'wah the way he, I would do it. But it's permissible. The hasid that's not permissible is the hasid that's from a shaitan, that the person sees something that Allah blessed someone else with. I don't have a full beard like a lion. I wish I had a full beard like a lion. That's how I wish. But I don't have one of them. I got an African. What's the African beard? Alhamdulillah. I see a guy, Yusuf, mashallah, got a full beard. No, not Yusuf. He has a full Manchu. That brother right now, he has a full beard. I see that brother. I say, oh, wow, he has a lot of... I wish he didn't have mine and I got mine. And, and I wish he didn't have his. That's the hasid that's not permissible. When you see a ni'mah with someone that Allah bestowed them, a nice car, nice family, more children, a nice wife, nice clothes. He has money. He lives in a nice neighborhood. Whatever it is, you look at him and you say, ah, oh, man, I wish I had that. I would do like him or better or more. But the hasid that's haram is for the person to say, I wish that that would be taken away from him. I don't necessarily want it. I just don't want him to have it. And unfortunately... There are people giving da'wah, that's how they are. There are people who are giving da'wah, they wish to Allah that certain other du'as never receive what they receive. A da'i is giving da'wah in English, Arabic, whatever language, and he gets one million hits. That's how million hits people saw that thing. Some du'as see that and they get mad. He's a mubtadir. Just like that. Mubtadir. Why? Because he got a million hits? No, because he's not saying what I'm saying. Don't believe what I... Well, why don't you give him da'wah and help him out? That's what today's chapter is about. Don't have hasid and haqt. Masajid have hasid and haqt between themselves. In Birmingham and other than that. I'm not saying any masjid bi'ini. I'm not saying that. But this is just how it is. Human beings have the sickness of jealousy. We have jealous of our own relatives. The children are jealous of brothers and sisters, siblings. So all you have to do is read the story of Yusuf, salawatullahi wasalamu alayhi. And you will find that certain brothers are upset and envious of other brothers. So as a father, I can't help that process. I have two wives. And I have children by that wife. And he has children by that wife. He has to be careful of how he treats both sets of kids. So that one set of kids, they don't have jealousy towards the other one. Oh, he's getting all of the permit, he's getting all of the attention of our father, and so forth and so on. So Hasid Ikhwani is a big mushkila. Iblis, as the ulama of Islam said, the very first sin that Allah was disobeyed with is the sin of jealousy. You created this one from dirt and you created me from fire. Why should I bow down to him? I'm better than him. And he became angry. Adam's son killed his brother for the same thing. Allah accept one of their sacrifices and didn't accept the other one. The one that it wasn't accepted said, I'm going to kill you because he was upset, jealous. So when the companions heard about this major sin, this issue, that the Anbiya have hasid for these people. The Anbiya are jealous from them. The companions say, Ya Rasulullah, who are they? Describe them for us. 
And that's a delil ikhwani of the companions being students who wanted to know their religion. Yarhamakullah. They wanted to know their religion. A person sits in the class and he'll hear the hadith and the ayah. At the end of the class, he has nothing to say. He has nothing to ask. And if he's asked something, he has nothing to say. He's afraid and shy of even letting you share, sharing with you what's in his mind. He doesn't want to talk. But this is a measure of sharing, taking, giving, and elevating. So those companions used to always say, what about this? What about that? Ya Rasulullah, what's this and what's that? In the hadith last week, he said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Ya Rasulullah, the man said to him, Mata Sa'a, when is the hour? Question. That's how it is. So when those companions heard that the Prophet said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, that they're not prophets, but the prophets were jealous of them, they wanted to know who were they. Why did they want to know that? Because it's strange. How can the prophets and the messengers, how can they be jealous? Who are they? If they're not prophets and messengers, who are they? Another reason, Ikhwani, is from the hadith of the Prophet In this hadith, they say, Ya Rasulullah, who are those people that the prophets are jealous of them? Tell us who they are. La'allana nuhibbuhum. So that we can love them. We can love them. The companions didn't have hasid. This special group of people, they don't know who they are, but whoever they happen to be, maybe he's going to say they're the khutaba. Maybe he's going to say they're the khulafa. Maybe he's going to say they're the grandmothers, the grandfathers. Maybe he's going to say they're Quraysh. They don't know. Who are those people prophets have envy of? So that we can love them, not be jealous of them. That's the fadl of Allah. That's what Allah gives to people. Another issue is when that man, as Abdullah bin Mas'ud said, may Allah be pleased with him, a man came and said, Ya Rasulullah. I don't do a lot of deeds. I don't pray the sunan prayers and the nawafil. And I don't fast on the day of Ashura. And I don't fast on the day of Arafah. I don't give a lot of sadaqah. I'm not in the first row. I don't make the adhan, ya Rasulullah. I don't give dawah. I don't do this. I don't do that. What's wajib is wajib. What's haram, haram. But I don't do a lot more than that. So I don't do all of what you do. And Abu Bakr and Umar, I don't do what you do. Prophet said to that man, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, but, but, I don't do everything that you do, but I love you. I love you, I love Abu Bakr al-Mathman. The Prophet said, al-mar'u ma'man ahab. The person will be with the one that he loves, even if you didn't do all of those works and all of those actions of the prophets and the messengers. Clearly, you're not going to be with them in the maqam al-mahmul, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Clearly, you won't be from the ahlullah, yawmul qiyamah, because you wasn't from the people who read the Qur'an and dealt with the Qur'an like that, but you love those people, so you be in close proximity, inshallah, and you get the reward for what they got. So those companions of the Prophet ﷺ, they had hirs on getting knowledge, so they asked questions, and they made it clear, whoever these people happen to be, we ourselves won't be jealous of them. We want to be with them. We want to be like them. We want to love them. That's the da'wah of al-Islam. Not this business that we have today. Not this business that we have today. We're in this masjid, and we don't like people from other masjids. We're on our dawah, and we don't like other people who have their dawah. When in reality, the dawah of certain masjid is basically the same, but the personalities are different. But the dawah is the same. What's the dawah? Trying to call the people and trying to practice the kitab and the sunnah according to the understanding of the salaf of this ummah. That's Islam. And I say here today, if, if a person brings a type of Islam, an application of Islam that those companions were not upon, it's going to be rejected, Yomul Qiyamah. But because I don't follow Sheikh Rabi and everything that he says, and I don't follow SP and everything that they say, I'm a deviant. No. This hadith is against that. I can't hold you as a deviant. You can't hold him as a deviant over issues that don't put you outside of this religion. And this is a sickness that the Muslims have today. We're weak. We're weak right now. And as the Prophet says, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, يُوشِكُ وَنْ عَلَيْكُمْ الْأُمَمْ كَمَا تَدَعَ 
yushiku an tatada'alaykum al umam kama tada'a akratu ala qis'atiha all of the nations are going to come together to get this ummah because you're weak they're going to pluck you off one by one mystery by mystery country by country and just jam up your program they're going to come against all of you the way that diners come and converge on the same plate now i would think we have some brothers in this audience different brothers i would think the brothers in this audience the ashiqa the brothers I would think that your father will tell you the same thing that I tell you at my sons. Don't be divided and let outsiders of the family come in and make you weak. If someone wants to deal with our family, you guys stay united to the best of your ability. Now what does it look like people are out to get you and your family and your sons and your sons are fighting each other? You know how they have sibling rivalry, you know, kids are always screaming and fighting. They got to get rid of that. They have to understand that at a young age is not a good thing because as you grow up, there are people going to be against us, enemies, and we have to be together. What does it look like? I'm in the UK right now. In America right now. And in America what they want me to teach the people is LBGT is okay. Everybody has to, you know, live and let live everything they want me to teach that, but I'm going to say no, I'm not teaching that. That's against our religion. We're not going to break the law. We're not going to harm anyone. But that's against our religion. Any Muslim comes with that, we're going to give him kitab, sunnah, understanding of the salaf. That's haram and it's from the major sins. It's an abomination. Now, those people don't like that position of me. So they want to come against me. And they do undercover mosques. They come against me. And then some of you come against me because I don't agree with you about jam'iyah, ya turaf. And you say that's from this religion to take me as an enemy? No. Your understanding of the Dawah of Islam is whacked and warped. So that's what this hadith is about today. And it's for everybody here that we're living in the time where there are problems. So we have to give advice to each other. And when we give advice to the Muslim, as we mentioned last week, as just Sheikh Abul Hassan al-Ma'rabi mentioned, and we're on that stuff. He said, we give advice to our brothers, and we don't destroy them. We give advice to the Muslim, nasiha, nusahihu. We advise, wala nujarrihu. I can advise Yusuf, and I can advise him, I can advise you. I can advise people, you can advise me without destroying you. Especially when you find everybody's on the same thing. You're giving dawah to the non-Muslims. Now they have a problem with you and your brothers are going to come and have a problem with you and call that Islam la wallahi that's not Islam that's fitna that's fitna prophet would not tell those people when they said tell us who these people are ya rasulullah he said sallallahu alaihi wasallam hum qaumun tahabu bi nurillah min ghayri arhamin wala ansab the people who I'm referring to are a group of people regular people they love each other for Allah's sake and they love each other under the light of Allah binurillah is that some sufi stuff who 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 is that what that's talking about la wallahi that's not talking about who 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 that's not talking about that they love each other based upon the nur of Allah based upon the deen of Allah the sharia of allah because there's some muhabba that's not permissible for a muslim woman to love a non-muslim man not permissible for a muslim man to love sheikh rabi al-madkhali to the degree that i can't go against what he says and i'm going to force everybody to, that's not permissible you have to to love the nabi of islam sallallahu alaihi wasallam overboard not permissible Al-Husayn ibn Ali ibn Abi Talib Radwan Walihima He died over 1,000 years ago Assassinated And we say what Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah said Anyone who participated in his murder Anyone who's pleased with the murder of Husayn Anyone Then we pray for the curse of Allah to be upon the Zalimeen Are you going to be happy with that? How? During the time of Abdullah ibn Abbas, that's Shaykh al-Islam ibn Mutaymiyyah. The ulama were tough 
in this issue of who murdered Hussein. This is not an easy issue. Although I don't go overboard in that issue, it's a big, massive issue. And we should bring it to the attention of the people. Anyone who killed someone from Ahlul Bayt unjustly, the blood of Ahlul Bayt is not like the blood of other people. You crazy? And what about the person is the grandson of the Nabi, sallallahu alayhi wa Ibn Abbas, may Allah be pleased with him, was making hajj. And he was answering questions for the pilgrims. And some people came from Iraq. And Ibn Abbas, he used to debate with the Khawarij when they made takfir of the companions. And they made khuruj against Ali ibn Abi Talib. Ali ibn Abi Talib didn't send the regular ignorant Bedouin Arab to go debate the Khawarij. He sent the scholar, the hibr of the ummah, Ibn Umar, Ibn Abbas. And for the people who say, the people of the Sunnah never sat with people of innovation. Ibn Abbas went and sat with the people to give him dawah. What are you talking about? Your sheikh sat with the people of innovation to give him dawah. Why is it okay? Why do you guys play with the religion like that? What kind of understanding is that? How in the world would people ever know the religion if we didn't connect to them? As for sitting with people of innovation and people of kufr, and sinning with them is going to cause you to go astray. Sin is going to cause other people to go astray. Then we don't sit with them. But just like that open-ended, we don't sit. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? You people have hijacked the kawaii of a salafiyya, the principles and the statements, to play games with your stuff, to keep this stuff going. Ibn Abbas, he knew them. He knew them. But at Hajj, he said to the guy who asked him, the guy said, yeah, Ibn Abbas, I mean, Ihram, the Baruda, the mosquito, the mosquito, he bit me, and I slapped him, and the blood came out. And I'm in Ihram. You can't slaughter in Ihram. Can't chop a tree down in Ihram. Can't kill a bird. Can't hunt. Haram. Can't spill blood. Ibn Abbas. Do I have to slaughter an animal now for spilling blood? Ibn Abbas had Firasa. He knew where these people were. He said, where are you from? They said, from Iraq. Where at? From Karbala. He said, you killed the grandson of the Prophet of Islam, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and cut his head off and shed his blood. And now you're asking me for the blood of a gnat. Because he knew, pay attention. He knew that those guys were the mutanatta'oon. Pay attention. The Prophet says, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, halakal mutanatta'oon. And he said it three times. Those people go overboard and go too deep will be destroyed. Like you'll find a person, he'll take the knife, he'll take the knife, he'll sharpen it for a whole hour because he's going to slaughter a chicken. And he keeps slaughtering, he keeps sharpening. When the chicken comes, he gives the chicken some food, makes the chicken drink some food. It's your last drink, chicken. Let's the chicken drink. Try to get him to eat. He takes the chicken, face the kibbler with the chicken. I don't know where all that comes from. He faced the kibbler with the chicken. And he says with his sharp knife, Bismillah. And he cuts the neck of the chicken. And that is from the hadith. لِيُرِحْ أَحَدُكُمْ لَبِيْحَتَهُ let each and every one of you spare the animal from suffering. And he did all of that. So he goes real deep in this issue. But when it comes to bitter wadi dain, he doesn't have that. And I ask you by Allah, what's more important? Bitter wadi dain or bitter dujaja? Which one is more important? The chicken or your parents? You know, there's a funny look that the audience gives you when you ask them a simple question. They all look at you like that. And it makes you wonder... Are they fasting? Am I speaking the wrong language? Which one is greater, more serious? That you take care of your parents or you take care of the way you slaughter a chicken? Which one more serious? Yes, no doubt. No doubt about it. And that's the Khawarij. The Khawarij went to one of the children of the companions, Khabab ibn Arat. He was one of the weak Muslims, the father. Bilal, Yasir, Ammar, Sumeya, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud. These people were the first to accept, and they had no protection. They were not from Quraysh. So Khabab used to get beat up. He had a son, Abdullah. The Khawarij came and found him and his wife, and they were traveling. 
And they want to know, are you with us? You're not with us. He said, I'm not with you. I'm with the companions. They ultimately killed that man, the son of the companion. His wife was pregnant. They killed the wife, took the baby out, slaughtered the baby. Khawarij, ISIS, Daesh. After that, they kept going. As they were traveling, they were doing target practice, and one man shot his arrow and killed the pig of a Christian. And said, oh, everybody's, oh, you killed the man's property. What are you doing with it? And they went to look for the Christian and gave him money for killing his pig. After killing a Muslim who was the son of a companion. And wallahi, that's the khawarij today, brother. That's what they do today. This is how they are. The prophet described them. That they're very young and they have wild dreams. The understanding of the deen. So as it relates to this particular issue, the hadith that we're dealing with, the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa said that they were a group of people who love each other with and based upon the nur of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And they love, be, uh, they love each other not because of their ansab, not because of their arham, not because they're relatives. So we have some brothers who are relatives, and we have brothers who are not relatives, and we have love for each other, and that's beautiful. Inshallah, we're from these people. We're from these people. That we will love each other, not because we're relatives, but for the religion, for the deen. But I want to say this to you, and I'll say it without biting my tongue. As I say to my sons, don't be one of those, a boy, don't be one of those guys, Ayub, don't be one of those people who you get along with other brothers from the community, and that's beautiful. But you're always fighting with your own brother. You're always fighting with your own sister. Don't be one of those people. Just like as the husband, don't be one of those people you have rahmah for everybody who comes to the daros and everybody you see. But your wife, you're real rough and tough with your wife. We have to have the most rahmah with our people. No doubt. Allah said in the Quran, Muhammadur Rasulullahi walladheena ma'ahu shiddawa al-kuffari ruhama'u baynahum. No problem. They are tough with the non-Muslims and they have rahmah amongst themselves. So we're not against that. That's the religion. Have rahmah and be easy. But you have to be more rahmah, more rahmah for those people who share your blood. Those people were in the same womb with you. You remember that. The big mushkilat with our shabab, our children, always fighting each other. But when their cousins and friends come over, and sometimes a friend may be a non-Muslim from school. But the child gets along with them well. So these people love each other, ikhwani, they love each other, not because they're relatives. Allah Ta'ala mentioned in the Quran, فَإِذَا نُفِخَ وَإِذَا نُفِخَ فِي الصُّورِ يَوْمُ الْقِيَامَةِ When the horn is blown فَلَا أَنْسَابَ بَيْنَهُمْ وَلَا يَتَسَاءَلُونَ يَوْمُ الْقِيَامَةِ When the horn is blown in There's going to be no relationships between people The mother and the father They're going to ransom the children The children ransom mother and father Wife, husband, ransom each other Ransom their children They're not going to be like that and those people who are friends are going to be enemies, Yom Al-Qiyamah. The only friends will be those people who have taqwa, Yom Al-Qiyamah. Al-Akhillau Yom Al-Idhin Ba'dun Li Ba'd Adun Illa Al-Muttaqeen. That's it. Yom Al-Yafirru Mar'u Min Abi, Min Akhi, Wa Ummihi, Wa Abi, Wa Sahibati, Wa Bani. And so forth and so on. It's going to be a mushkila, mushkila, Yom Al-Qiyamah for friends. So these people just have love. And that's what makes them special. And that's what this hadith is about. The Prophet went on to say at the end of the hadith, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, in describing them and their reward, وَجُوهُهُمْ نُورٌ عَلَى مَنَابِرٌ مِنْ نُورٌ لَا يَخَافُونَ إِذَا خَافَ النَّاسِ وَلَا يَحْزَنُونَ إِذَا هَزَنُوا He said that these people are people who their faces, they will be given light, يَوْمُ الْقِيَامَةِ And there are a few ayat in the Qur'an about the rewards of the believers. And their reward would be light, like the statement of Allah, يَوْمَ تَرَى الْمُؤْمِنُونَ وَالْمُؤْمِنَاتِ يَوْمَ تَرَى الْمُؤْمِنِينَ وَالْمُؤْمِنَاتِ يَسْعَى نُورُهُمْ بَيْنَ أَيْدِيهِمْ وَبِأَيْمَانِهِمْ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ You will see the believing men and the believing women. The light will be preceding them. Wherever you see them, they have light. They have light from wudu. So all of the parts of the body that they made wudu will be light. 
There'll be more light. And that's how the Prophet will know his ummah, Yom Al-Qiyamah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So this light, the light of Iman, the light of Al-Islam, the light of a tawheed all of that stuff, the face will be light, all of that. Part of that light is people who love each other for Allah's sake and they practice that love for Allah's sake. From the reward of that is an increase in light. He went on to mention at the end of the hadith, sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa sallam, that these people will be on members made out of light. Member is one, the pulpit, manabir, multiple. During the time of the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he had a member. And the fiqh of his member is really important. Like every aspect of fiqh of in al-Islam, the member in al-Islam is an important issue. It was what you would call wasila of a ta'lim. You know when you're going to educate people? There are different things you use to educate people. Like um, a projector. That's something you can use to educate people. You can use the microphone to educate people. You can bring illustrations to educate people. There are different things. To educate people, you can ask them questions to get them to answer, use their own brain. One of the educational methods of the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, 1400 years ago, he's an intelligent man. He's a master of how to educate human beings. If any of you are interested in getting a degree in education, when you start learning about what they came up with, the science of education, the Prophet of Islam, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, was light years ahead of what you're going to find in those books. So that member is a tool for education. He would get on the member, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and face the qibla and make salat. The whole salat. And the people are sitting there watching him. Whenever he wanted to get down and make sajda, he would take three steps, step to the right, make sajda. Get back up. Proving you can move in your prayer. Because some of these madhahibs say if you move three times, you don't have any prayer. So if you go like this in the madhahib, you got to start your prayer over again. Where did you get that from? Rasulullah said you can kill the snake while you're praying. So you show me someone going to get the snake on two times and that's it. You're going to be killing the snake. You may even look down. Rasulullah saw his grandchildren playing on the member. While he's leading the prayer, he walked over to the member and picked him up. He moved, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Our mother, our mother, Aisha, came to the door. The Nabi heard her knock at the door. He was praying in the house, sunnah prayer. He backed all the way up to the door, opened the door, and went back up to his sutra and kept praying. Where'd you get that if you move three times? The companion Abu Bakr, Abu Bakr, he came into the masjid, he came into the masjid, and the people were in, were in rukur. They were in rukur. And he was walking. He, he said, Allahu Akbar, and he bent down, he started walking, bending down. Rasulullah said, Samiyallah liman hamidah. The man got up, Samiyah, and he came to the row. And then they all made sajda, the man made sajda. After the salat, Rasulullah said, who was that? Man huwa as-sa'i. Who was rushing? Who was that? I heard him. Abu Bakr said, ha ana that was me, ya Rasulullah. He said to him, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Zadakallahu hirsan wa la ta'ud. May Allah increase you in good because you were trying to get that raka'ah. But don't come quickly. La ta'ud. Don't come quickly. But some of the scholars of Islam said, no, that hadith doesn't mean that. What that hadith means is, may Allah give you rewards, but don't do it again. Don't do that again. You can do it this time, but don't do it again. So those scholars say you can't do that. But we say that that position, although we respect it, is not the strongest position because many of the companions did that. Ibn Abbas did that. Abdullah bin Mas'ud did that. From the tabi'een, they did that. And one of the companions of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, I don't recall his name, but one of the companions said from the member to all of the people, this is the sunnah of Prophet Muhammad. So do it. So my point here is, he was moving. The man was moving in his prayer. So you can move in your prayer and what's necessary, but you can't be wasting time. Now, back to the point, Ikhwani, back to the point. So concerning the point of what we're dealing with, this hadith is that the people will get rewarded with faces that are light 
And they'll be on menabir, made out of nur. So they'll be higher than the other people. And this is the virtue of Yom Kiyama. The Mu'adhins will have longer necks. Some people will have brighter faces and so forth and so on. And the opposite holds true as well. People get negativity. Things are going to happen to them as well. So that's the reward of loving each other for the sake of Allah and the prophets and the messages. What's the meaning that they have hasid and ghibta? The meaning of that is they want to get that reward, Yom Qiyamah. They themselves want to get a part of that reward. And you can rest assured that no regular person is going to get this reward because if you get this reward, you're from the awliya of Allah. Your face is illuminated. You're on the member of Nur. The, mala- the, 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 the prophets are jealous of you. That means you're a wali from the awliya of Allah. And I want to repeat this again. You can be a wali, you can be a wali, anybody here can be a wali. Anybody. Don't look at this sheikh or that sheikh, a good sheikh of the sunnah. Don't look at only he can be the wali. And don't look at definitely the Sufi sheikh or the sheikh of Khurafat and sheikh. Don't look at him for sure as being from the awliya. Everybody here has the ability to be a wali from the awliya of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the delil for that is the statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, inna awliya'uhu illa al-muttaqin, illa muttaqun. In, awliya'uhu illa al-muttaqun. Verily, the awliya of Allah are those who have taqwa. The wali is the one who has taqwa. It's not the one who graduated from Mecca, Medina. It's not the one who memorized all of the Quran necessarily. It's that revert brother, sister, that old man, old lady. They may not even do a lot, but they're consistent in what they're doing, and they make halal haram and haram haram. Halal halal haram haram. The man say, Ya Rasulullah, if I make halal halal, and I make haram haram, and I pray my prayers, and I fast the month of Ramadan, and I fast Ramadan, I don't do anything else. I'm going to go to Jannah. He said, you'll go to Jannah. The man said, Wallahi, that's all I'm doing. And he walked away. He said, He'll be successful if he tells the truth. And that's all he's doing. He's not doing all that superfluous stuff. He's doing the bare minimum. But he's making halal, halal, and haram, haram. And that doesn't mean that anyone should try to practice that hadith. I'm only going to do the bare minimum. You don't want to be like that. Because the more you do, inshallah, the better it is for you. Khayrukum men... The best of you is the one who lives a long time and you do good deeds. And you do good deeds. So the brother who died today and he got another brother, he has another brother, he's still praying and fasting. Yurja. It is hope that the one who still got life on this side of the earth is hope that he's going to be in a better condition. Once you die and it's over, that's just it. It's over. So concerning this brotherhood, very quickly, a few things I want to mention very quickly. Number one, the brotherhood in Al-Islam, like last week, you have to give the Muslims nasiha. You have to give da'wah and nasiha to their amma. And we explain what that means, to give advice. You advise in the best way. You advise people in private. In private. Because if you advise people in public, if you advise people in public, that's the way of putting them down. And I'm glad it came up just now. Wallahi, I'm glad it came up. In the last khutbah that I gave here, I gave the khutbah about a situation that I had to deal with to raise the consciousness and awareness of the community about waswas. Someone could come and say, hey, but that guy talked to you, said in public. I want to say to you, that person is listening to me right now. As I'm speaking right now by the Lord of the Kaaba, he's listening to me right now. And before giving that khutbah on Friday, I called him up and said, look, I'm going to give the khutbah about this, this, to raise, but it's not about you. I won't tell the people you're He said, yeah, please do. And then after the khutbah, the brother thanked me, and I sat with him a few times. So some people felt, oh, you threw him under the bus. No. I asked him, and I told him what was going to happen, so that the benefit of the community. So the prophet used to say, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, what's wrong with some people? They do this, they do that. Can't give people advice in public. Refute people before giving them advice and refute them nastily. Also about the brotherhood. The brotherhood is when we advise people, we advise them gently. Who in his right mind wants people to be rough and tough with them and giving advice? For bima rahmatim min Allahi 
ولو كنت فظا غليظ غليظ القلب لانفضوا من حولك if you were rough and tough with Abu Bakr and Umar and Umar and Uthman and Ali they're from the awliya uqala hukama if you were rough and tough with them Muhammad they run away what about people who come from where we come from our background how we are. don't be rough and tough with me I'm going to tell everybody here if you're rough and tough with me it's going to be a problem if you really want me to listen to the haq that you're saying then give it to me in a nice way perhaps perchance I'll be more inclined to take it So one of the signs of sincerity is the way the person gives dawah. The man is thirsty. We always give this example. The guy is on, the guy is in the desert, parched, and he makes it to you. And he needs some drink. What's your name, my man? Abdul Latif. The man is in the desert, parched. He makes his way all the way to you, about to die. And he says, oh, let me get some of the drink. Let me get some of the drink. And you say, you want some water? Yeah, let me get something to drink. Let me get something to drink. You a Muslim? Yeah, man, I'm a Muslim. Let me get something to drink. You, you go to my masjid? And he's just asking these questions. And then after that, he takes the water and throws it in his face. And it just goes in the man's face. And then he walks away and said, I gave him dawah. I gave him nasiha. No, man, you didn't give that man nasiha. And Imam Ibn Rajab has a book, Al-Farq Bain Al-Tashheer. Bain Al-Tashheer wa Nasiha. There's a distinction, a difference between giving Nasiha and trying to make someone like you try to become big at someone else's expense. Or you want to put him down. It's a difference. We have to give Dawah in a nice way. We don't see that happening today with a lot of people. We see the millennials and we see the Facebook and we see the um, social media today. Everybody's fighting. Our Shabab are fighting. Some of them are very, very um, popular for fighting. And those are the talks that get the most hits because there's no knowledge in there. The talks that get the most hits are he said, she said, he went over there, he dropped the ice cream on his head and then he went over, he hit him in his head with a rock and then they called the sheikh. Those are the ones that the people like the most. As for sitting down and learning this religion, no, we don't like that. As it relates to the brotherhood, there are levels of the brotherhood in Islam. I just want to remind you and then we'll be done with this, inshallah. The least that we have to be upon in our brotherhood to one another, as Allah mentioned, we're all brothers. Allah mentioned in the Quran and Prophet Muhammad in the Sunnah. How to be brothers? He says, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Al-Muslimu man salim al-Muslimun min lisanihi wa yadihi. The Muslim. He's not a mu'min, higher level. He's not a mu'sin, higher level. He's a Muslim, the lowest level. It's the least. Muslim is the one who the other Muslims are safe from his tongue and his hand. They don't say he stole this. They don't say he's an innovator. They don't say he's a kafir. They don't say these things. Unless there's a religious reason to make them say that. But just sitting around with the brothers kicking the woolly bobo and talking about people and everyone's honor is sacred. What is that stuff? That's the lowest level. A level higher than that is a hadith. If we all practice it, the problems would cease. The fitna would cease. All fitna. He says, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, la yu'minu ahadukum hatta yuhibbal None of you truly believes until you love for your brother what you love for yourself. So I don't want anybody to put poison in my water when I turn my head, so let me not put poison in anybody's water. If I lost my telephone and I left it in the bathroom, I come and come on. I don't want nobody coming, taking it and rolling out and bouncing or stealing it from me. So let me not do that. If I forgot my phone right here while I rushed out, I hope I can come back and get it. So when I see a phone, just do to people what you want them to do for yourself. What you want them to do to you. But we have that double standards. وَيْلٌ لِلْمُطَفِّفِينَ الَّذِينَ إِذَكْتَالُوا عَلَى النَّاسِ It's stole phone. Woe unto those people who do measurements. If he's working and you come to get a kilo of oranges or whatever... Kilo of apples, raisins, whatever. Kilo of meat, whatever. He'll cheat you. He'll give you this much shorter. 
I don't care if it's this much is mine and I pay for it. So give him this much. Don't take from him this much. So when he gives to people, he always shortchanges them. He cheats them. But when he goes, he demands justice. Give me all my weight. If someone came to him with a problem, he'll listen to one side of the story and he'll make a judgment. But when it's his situation, he wants you to listen to both sides, his side and the other side. So we have double standards. So love for your brother what you love for yourself. And a higher level of brotherhood is what's known in Arabic as al-ithar. Al-ithar is when you give preference to your brother over yourself. It's your haq. That thing is your haq. You were sitting there. You had the thing. It's yours. But you say to your brother, here, you can have it. You can have this space. You can have this chair. You can come in first. You were coming in first, but you stopped. You said to the older brother, hey, you can go in first. And Allah described the Ansar as that in the Quran. The companions were a group of people who, when the Muhajireen came to them from Mecca to Medina, they were poor. They were more poorer than the Muhajireen from Mecca. They were poor. But Prophet Muhammad told them, you, he's going to live in your house and he's going to eat your food from Mecca. And he's going to live in your house, he's going to live in your house, he's going to live. And every, nobody said anything. They said, okay. Even some of them said to the one who lived in his house, as the one says, Sa'i said to Abdurrahman bin Awf, I got two wives, I divorced the one, two of them, you, do, you choose the one you want, I'll divorce her, and here's half of my money. That's Ethar. Ethar. So you sit there, Abdul Latif, mashallah. What's your name again, Akhi? Yeah. Huh? Hamza? Abdul Latif Hamza. They got a lot of money in the bank. 70 grand, some got 90 grand. Can you imagine, mashallah, if someone came to live with you said, I'm going to give you half of my money? If it's a lot of money, it's hard to give them half. So can you imagine if he only got 1,000, 2,000 like me? That's all he got. It's 1,000, 2,000, 3,000. That's all I got, Abdul Qadr. Can I borrow some money? That's all I have. I'm going to give the man 1,500 pounds of my three grand. Did you know how much Iman that takes and how much brotherhood that takes? It's almost impossible today. Ya Hamakullah. Because today, if the Muslim says, Hachu, alhamdulillah, it says haq that people say, Yarhamakullah. People won't say it. Some don't know. Some too lazy. Some just, I don't like them. He says salams to the Muslim. Salams. That's part of the brotherhood. The Prophet swore by Allah and he says, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, very few people won't go into Jannah until you believe. You won't go into Jannah hatta tu'minu. Walan tu'minu hatta tahabu. You're not going to go to Jannah until you are a believer. Yahoo, Christian, white, black, Sikh, Hindu, Kuffar, Hatab al-Nar, Wala Kirama. Ahabbahu man ahabbahu wa karihahu man karih. They won't go into Jannah until you are a believer. And you won't believe until you love one another. He said, should I not tell you something? That if you were to do this thing, it would force the love between you? They say, yes, what is that? He said, increase the salams between yourselves if you want to love someone. So Abdullah ibn Umar, Abu Huraira, those companions used to go to the marketplace. They would walk around with no other alternative, no other goal and desire, except to say to people, Assalamu alaikum, Assalamu alaikum, Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum. And they just kept, and people saw that. And the people at that time understood their teaching. Like the mimbar is a way of teaching. What they were doing is a way of teaching. So those people started spreading the salams. Let one of us get inspired by a sunnah that the people are sleeping on or they don't know. Like that sunnah of Allahu Akbar and walk into the saf. I don't advise you to do that if you're in a masjid where the people don't have knowledge because you'd be a fitna. What if a person is doing something from the sunnah that he doesn't know? He doesn't know. People are going to get mad. So if he goes out to the marketplace today, Coventry Road, 
and he just keeps going to all the stores and go, Salaamu Alaikum, and one Salaamu Alaikum, people are going to say, that guy done lost his mind. That guy is mafqood al-aqal. He lost his mind. Or they make istihzat, ridicule him. Abu, Abu Salaamu Alaikum is coming. Abu Salaamu Alaikum. Is that something bad to spread the salams? So the point here, Ikhwani, is we have to do a better job, inshallah. We have to do a better job just trying to be brothers one to another and to each other. And loving for Allah's sake and being brothers is from the best ibadah. It is not acceptable for the guy to take his knife He really does that. But then when it comes to the brotherhood, he's slacking and he's lacking. I complete this by saying... Hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Awthaq Urul Islam Al-Hubbu fillah wa Bukhtu fillah The greatest button Institution The greatest The greatest institution Ura From the Urwa The greatest like institution Islam Is to love for Allah's sake And to hate for Allah's sake You love someone or something Because Allah loves it and you hate someone or something because Allah hates it or him. And that person could be your mother, your father, your wife. It could be your madhab. It could be your sheikh. So here I am. I see a group of people against a brother. And I listen to what they're saying. Nah, man. I'm not going with the party line. What you guys are doing is not okay. And I'm not going to be with you just to stay cool with you. I'm going to give you dawah. I'm going to try to give you nice advice. But what you all are doing is wrong. That's loving for the sake of Allah. But some people, they don't love for that. They love for the sake of themselves. They love for the sake of the jama'ah. They love for the sake of their madhah. They love for the sake of their masjid. They love for the sake of their culture, their people, their color. That's what he loves for. I heard that with my own ear when I was a Muslim. A brother is from a country where they're well known for their asabiyya and their qabaliyya. They're well known for that. The man said... If my tribe goes to hell, I'm going to hell with them. He said, okay, man, go to hell then. We ain't trying to be on that minhaj. Abdullah ibn Mas'ud said to the people, La Don't be a copycat. Don't be a copycat. Don't be a copycat. If the people do good, you do good. If they do evil, you do evil. He said, instead, look at what's going on. And when they do good, you do good. When they don't do evil, you don't do evil. I'm with the crew no matter what. And this is something that actually sickens me. Wallahi, it makes me sick physically to see my people in America, African-American people, killing each other, our youngsters, because he's a blood and he's a crip over a color. Like my man got a red gutra on. You would be done in California. He gets killed for a wreck or some zip code. Like in London, our Shabab are stabbing each other. And I don't want to choose any group, but they're the groups that we come from. Pakistan, Libyan, uh, all where we come from, Somalis, reverts, where we come from. And the people are losing. I saw a video yesterday where a guy went into a guy's house and he was got in his house with a machine gun and shot that guy with a machine gun. You know who sent me that? My son sent me that from America and I called him and I said, listen, this is the environment that you're in. These people will blast you. It's sickening. As for the non-Muslims, African-Americans, they're my people. I don't like that. But they don't have any knowledge. As for Muslims killing each other because he lives over there, he lives in Camden, and this one lives in Brixton, and that one over there lives wherever, and we don't, what kind of stuff is that? What kind of stuff is that? Prophet Muhammad says, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Anyone who loves Allah's sake, hates Allah's sake, his iman is complete, full. So I just want to reiterate, Ikhwani, that we take some time out, inshallah, try to pump our brakes, slow, slow our roll, try to be better Muslims to each other. Really be cognizant about, let me be a better person to those who are younger than me, 
those who are similar than me, those who are older than me, inshallah. So we're going to nektafi bihada qadr if you brothers have any questions, inshallah. What time is the adhan? Where's Asghar Saab? One minute from now. It's one minute. Where's Asghar? Where's Asghar? You guys have any questions? Ikhwani fillahi. Tafadal ya akhi Yusuf. How do you love for the sake of Allah? The person says, okay, I'm a Muslim. Allah Ta'ala, he told me that I have to love the Muslims. And I have to have enmity, animosity. I don't love the non-Muslims the way I love the Muslims. And the Prophet showed us. How do you love the Muslims? You give them salams. You don't hurt them. Whoever believes in Allah the last day, let them say good or let them be quiet. So all of those issues, don't make ghiba, don't make nimima, don't lie, don't steal his money. All of those, don't, 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 don't. Prophet Muhammad says, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, from the best deeds is to cause happiness to be entered upon a believer. So he tries to make him happy. Rasulullah said in authentic hadith, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, wallahi alladhi la ilaha ghayruhu li an amshia ma akhi fi hajitin. أحب إلي من أن أعتكف في مسجدي شهر كاملا. He says, "With Allah, for me to walk with my brother and to help him to do something that he needs, he has my he needs my help. I rather do that than to stay in my masjid for a whole month doing itikaf. And what month did he do itikaf in? Ramadan. So to walk with my brother from here to Morrison's." Come here to Morrison's to help him shop and carry that stuff and bring it to his car. It's better than making an itikaf in the month of Ramadan in the masjid of the Prophet Why? Because his itikaf is for himself. That's for him, mashallah. But when you go and you help him, you're helping other people. Khayrukum and fa'akum linnaz. All right, we're going to stop now, inshallah. We ask Allah Ta'ala to accept it from us and to accept it from you. Hadha wa sallallahu wa sallam wa barak ala nabiyyina. This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org.